Hey everyone, welcome to the Nameless Podcast. And I say that loosely, as I've said before, because we really haven't come up with a name that is really uh, kind of stuck with me. So you have to bear with this a little bit here. I didn't want the name. Actually, I should, in, in full transparency, we've come up with a bunch of names. None of those names have stuck. <clears throat> so it remains nameless, TBD. But I will tell you a couple of, of key points for us as we go through in trying to figure out what the name for the podcast is going to be. We will do what we've always done for our other companies, uh, Smanatech, Smata Labs, and UC Forges. We will come up with a clear and defined vision, um, a mission statement, and then we have our pillars. Now, I think our pillars are set. So this podcast is going to be talking a lot about the business environment, uh, personal development, a lot of leadership, because my belief is you are the leader of one, uh, and you got to get that right. You have, you can't be leading other people if you're not leading yourself, and there's going to be a lot of conversations about that. So clarity, understanding what what that looks like, what your purpose is, not only in business but in life, and those need to be in alignment. We definitely talk about culture, right? The environment of which you live in is who you really are, and. For me, um, the culture that we've continued to build here at Adams Technology Group with our Smeta Tech team, with our Smeta Labs team, with our UC Forge teams um, is really, really intentional. And then the third thing, the third pillar for us is commitment, what it takes to commit to creating that control uh, culture so that therefore uh, is clarity. It's kind of like uh, the I, the we, uh, and the all, right? Starts with me, and then it kind of ripples effect, and then those ripples, you know, have ripples too. So that's kind of where the podcast is going. I'm super excited about it. Uh, this is really our first episode. I guess we call that EP1. And I'm super excited to have Jesse Barker, who is the co-founder and director of IT at Zenify. Zenify is a uh, SaaS company. They are... Let me get it uh, here. Salesforce's fastest growing financial services partner. Um, they are a summit partner with Salesforce. That's our highest level partner uh, program. So basically what that means is the fact that um, if you're partnering with Salesforce and you're one of their fastest growing partners, you got a lot of stuff going on. And the cool thing uh, with Jesse is we get to sit down, we get to talk about that. Um Zenify, we, we basically go through how uh, they started as a company, and it was a, I kid you not, a dark, rainy night in Palo Alto with Jesse and Nathan, one of the other co-founders, came up with the idea to start creating um, and integrating Salesforce for other companies, and that's how Zenify launched. Um, I think the biggest kind of point for me in this podcast with Jesse is um, Jesse and I have been talking about, or I've been talking to Jesse about this. Um, I bounce a lot of ideas off of Jesse. I have a lot of respect for him. And I told him when I was going to launch the podcast, and he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. He would be my first guest. So Jesse is our first guest, and I'm super grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for him. Uh, for taking a big leap of faith with what I was doing with our managed IT and professional services. Um, 
I think in the podcast, we get to talk about that a little bit, but everything that I wanted to build Smatic Tech to be is what we've executed against. And Zenify has been a part of that. And I also think that if it wasn't for Zenify, uh, we wouldn't be here where Smatic Tech is taking care of all of our great customers. So with that said, um, Jesse, thank you for coming onto the show. We appreciate Zenify as, as a customer. Um, we've been through some crazy growth, both of us. And uh, we talk about that growth and what that looks like for both Zenify and for what we've helped Zenify uh, complete in their growth. So I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, look forward to uh, the next ones to roll out. Thank you. Hey, how are how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you do it? I, I think I'd. Re- why don't you introduce me? What? This is Jesse Barker. Thank you. you I, I don't even know what your title is. Do you have a title? You're, you're I do. like the podcast. I right? do. We don't have a name for the podcast. This is the Nameless Podcast. <laughs> first guest. F- for, well, you are first. the first guest. I'm the first external guest. You're the first external guest. Yeah. Well, we had to um, we had to do a couple of beta. Right, mm-hmm. we're in the world of technology, so we'll call mm-hmm. them beta test. Uh, Justin uh, had his five years, so we just did his interview. It was about an hour. It was fantastic, and then we had Shez. Uh, we did his five years coming up, and um, so we kind of worked out the worked out the kinks. You can see up there, I got a couple uh, some feedback already from watching the videos. Uh, don't slouch, because uh, I'm terrible about you know. You know, like your the way we're supposed to eat, right? Yeah. No elbows on the table, stuff like that. So we got my mic raised up a little bit more, and then I I got a reminder there to kind of slow down because sometimes I you know get wrapped up in some That's of those stuff. That's not natural, though. That's not Chris. It's not. <laughs> I just keep <laughs> so, firing that stuff. So up. back to my title. Yeah, I do have a title. Things what is have it? Kind of evolved. So I'm our IT director. IT director. Identify. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but it's been ambiguous for so long, just because you probably know this too. Um, when you start out, you're doing everything, everything. So, you know, I, I've done almost every single job there, right? Well, and when you, when you, when you start up, yeah. cause you're a founder. Yeah. I mean, yes. are you, are you, yes. you are quote unquote co-founder? Yeah. Yes. And okay. So take us, you know, real quick. Uh, I know Zenify is a boring company and we don't need to get into that stuff. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, so how did you get started? Like just, you know, a little context about yeah, this. So, so the story is actually good and it's pretty interesting. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll make it kind of quick. Uh, I moved into the Boise area. When was it? 2005. Um, and I got a job, but you are a, Idaho native. Yes. Yeah. Idaho native. Yep. Yeah. Proud you, of it. Both too. of us come from Eastern Idaho. Yep. yep. Um, so I, I thought you were from Oregon. Well, I went to high school in, no, high school in LaGrande. Okay. But I was born in Idaho Falls. Okay. Oh. Brother in Pocatello. I was born in Idaho Falls. Yeah. I didn't know that. John Adams Parkway. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I grew up and like my house was right around the corner. Yeah. My dad was a tiger. Me too. There we go. Oh boy. Jeez. Already. Small Small world. world. Anyway. So, um, I got a job at HP and, um, you know, I was... What year was that? It was 2005. 2005. Okay. So I'd been going to Idaho State. I met my wife there. She graduated. She's from this area, and she wanted to move home. Um, we built a house. 
I found a job at HP um, and I started working there. And I was really excited to work there just because, like my background, my like my degree, what I studied in school, it has nothing to do with technology. Mm-hmm. But my dad growing up, he's an electrical engineer, but on the side, he started making like personal computers for you know, people in the neighborhood and fixing them. And that was kind of his side hustle. Mm -hmm. And so I was just around that stuff all the time. Um, And so I don't, I don't just technology is cool. It's Mm -hmm. new stuff, how it works. It was just kind of, that's what it was for me. It was something, it was a hobby. It was interesting. Who was the CEO at HP at the time? Um, Was Carly there yet? No. Yeah. Carly had already passed. It was Mark Hurd. Oh yeah. All right. So Mark Hurd. So it was a really interesting time because man, I'm going back. I'm trying to remember all this stuff. Carly had just created a bunch of chaos, but Mark Hurd came in and he was being praised because he was hyper-focused on reducing operational costs, mm-hmm. which ultimately in the end, in my opinion, killed the innovation of the company, Yeah, right? They, they stopped doing that and then they really started having trouble and then he got exposed for obviously his crap and you know, yep. it, it kind of went downhill. Um, but I got a job, I was working, I was a consultant, within uh, our sales teams, not directly selling, but working with sales managers to help their teams develop to sell. And um, so I got that job, I was working there for a while. I held a different, couple of different roles there. Um, and, and obviously you work with colleagues and things like that. And one of our sales guys, you know, my job was to evaluate them, right? And Nathan, you know Nathan. Mm-hmm. I remember I was sitting at my desk one day and you know, he's kind of a, not very filtered, Right. And I can just hear him coming down the hallway yelling, you know, barking. Who the hell is this Jesse Barker guy? <laughs> you know, because, you know, we have. You gave him some honest feedback. Yeah. Well, I gave him feedback to the letter that we were asking people to follow. He, he was fantastic at that job. He didn't do what we were, he was told. Yeah. And he still did a great job, probably better than what he was told. But anyway, so I met Nathan. Um, we, we weren't very close, um, but then we got hired onto the same team by, so Nathan is one of the co-founders also. Yep. And we got hired onto this team, a marketing team, um, by the third founder, Manveer. Um, and so we all kind of came together that way, but that was like the start of how we all came together. Yep. And then working in that job, and I know I'm being pretty vague because I'm trying to be a little fast about telling the backstory because it's not that interesting um you know some of the work we were doing we got exposed to salesforce and started doing some work nationally and with universities and other big companies and their employee purchasing plans and salesforce was a really powerful tool behind it that was scalable in hp or were you guys moonlighting it was within hp Uh, within hp it was within hp so specifically what it was is um i'll use the academic purchase program you know big companies they say hey you go to the school you get a discount yep Right. Um, They were having a really hard time scaling that program across the country. It was very, um, what's the word? It was very, I can't think of the right word, but they they were trying to promote that and scale that program through like bookstores on campus, Barnes and Noble on campus, the the sub store, you know, student union store, stuff like that. So it was very, it was hard to reach. Right. It was hard for them to reach and get that out. Um, and so with Salesforce, we, we were using it as a marketing tool before they even had a marketing product. They, they'd come out with this product called Sites. Um, 
that basically allowed you to have static content, so the program content, you know, he, here's the computers that we have on sale, here's the discount type, but then be able to brand it and have dynamic content specific to each school. Right. So they had their own URL and the CMS behind it, you know, basic, simple stuff, right? But how people accessed it was specific to their school. So that was the scale. Yeah. So it just, it was, it was a really powerful tool that scaled really big. I, and I can't, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say that business went from about $11 million a year to over $30 million a year over the course of two years using That's that pretty technology. Fast yep. So it was pretty quick. I probably don't have those numbers right, but it's somewhere around there. It was pretty, pretty impressive. But, you know, one night, um, Nathan and I were in Cupertino in a hotel room. I don't, I don't, we were just chatting. He's like, Hey, I got oh, here idea. comes, here comes the napkin. <laughs> he's like, maybe hey, toilet paper, even better. <laughs> I got an idea. And he's just like, you know, we're doing this for HP. We've made them a lot of money, you know, a whole different like use case customer, etc. But why couldn't we do this on our own? Mm. Right. So we kind of started going down that path. It was funny because MLMs kind of came to mind, you know, like Sensi and, uh, what are the snake oils ones? Doterra. Oh, yeah. And basically, it just kind of started that way and started, like, spamming people on LinkedIn. Hey, you know, we can make this scalable for all your consultants. They can have their own website. They can sell their own stuff. You guys can track it. Data comes back into Salesforce. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we never ended up doing an MLM, like, using it. We spent a lot of time trying to push it, and it's still a great use case. Um, but it never really took over. And, you know, uh, Tommy Alquist, he has, he's got several investments, several companies. He actually gave us our first break because he has a company called StatPads. Okay. Um, StackPads. StatPads. Stat. Like statistics. Okay. Right? Okay. They are defibrillators. And they have, you know, anytime you go to a gym or anywhere, any kind of public place, they have defibrillators in their office. They had no way to track all of the supplies, when it was used, measuring the events that happened, et cetera, without physically going to it. So anyway, that's a long story, but um, that was our first local client. We used Salesforce to deliver it to him. We had a team in India, and uh, that's, that's Doing how it all for started. You guys. Yeah, I, I mean, we moonlighted for a while. So with India on one side, I mean, perfect 12-hour time difference. Go to your day job, you know, eight to five or whatever, take a little break in between. Start at 8 p.m. You can work with the other team in India. Their day starts. And you how just many go. how many hours a day were you putting in when you guys got Zenify cranked up? A lot, a lot. It was um, at least 18. Yeah, 18 hours. Least, married. Yeah. yeah. Kids married. yet? Yeah, I had three. Oh yeah. So and, you, and you're going. Uh, nuts. I also started my master's program at the same time. So well, how? Sorry. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. It was something. So full time job, startup yeah. job, yeah. married, three yeah. kids. Yeah. And then you were you know crazy enough to. I might have only had two kids at that time. No, I had three. Wow. I had three. So and I your was wife was working full time. Yeah, she, close. I yeah. mean, she usually she's in healthcare and she works like she, she's always had a four day week. Yeah, flexible. You know, sometimes she puts in forty hours. Sometimes it's thirty five. But we it, it was a zoo. All right. I when, don't know how I did it. Okay, so when did and we're we're kind of getting up to where we come into the picture, right? Yeah. In the timeline. Okay, 
So you guys ventured out. You guys were like down in the or on the top floor of the Hop House. We got to give those guys a plug too. What's the name of that place? Oh. The Heritage Hop House. Yeah, yeah, Isn't Heritage it? Hop Her- House. Right, great beer. And then yeah. what's the sushi place right there? Sushi. Happy Sushi. Sushi. No. Uh, it's the truck. Sushi Shack. Sushi, sushi Shack. Shack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great building. And you guys were on the top floor. It's amazing with those two. That wasn't first... even our first office. Oh, where was the first office? No, the first office. I remember Nathan and I, like, I don't know, HP, at the end of our HP tenure, they were doing a big real estate consolidation. So because we were working with, you know, on the HP side, people nationally and even starting to work with some people down in South America and stuff, we didn't work with anybody here. And so they were like, hey, you guys can uh, go home. So I worked from home for, like, two and a half, three years straight. Oh, wow. I didn't have a place to go. Oh, okay, yeah. It got to the point where my, my wife was starting to get frustrated asking me if I was going to like wear normal clothes. Yeah. You know, like dress like a human. But um, so so we started out in Nathan's basement. I remember we got our first, first. Uh-huh. So, uh, so let me just get, so Cupertino. Yeah. Napkin, hotel room, dark rainy night. And <laughs> it actually I mean, was a dark rainy night. <laughs> See, you guys hold up in a hotel room, came up with the idea to create Zenify. But that was just two of us. And and we started, the third person that we brought in was our boss. Mm-hmm. So we started moonlighting, like setting up stuff, you know, doing a few things here and there, trying to, you know, keep things on the up and up. And uh, Nathan wanted to bring Manveer, and he was our boss at the time. And uh, so we sat down with him and just had a conversation. Now, where was Manveer was located in. at? He was in Roseville, California, okay. Sacramento area. Okay, so he's you know down with SAC offices. So that was a dark rainy night in New Mexico. Okay, it's funny how like you remember these things so clearly. Oh yeah. So well, I mean, they're pivotal points in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's always it's, that like. It's funny too because it was never like, you know, and it was never scary. You know, to like like you natural move. Yeah, natural move. I mean, it got scary. Like, yeah. we can talk about that, too. Everybody that thinks all this stuff is easy. And they sit and scroll through Instagram and, you know, guys sitting next to their rented Lamborghini telling you how you can make millions in two months. Oh, yeah. It's no, a that's lie, bullshit. Man. It's a lie. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, hard work is hard work, man. If you're going to get anywhere, you got to put in the, you got to grind. It's time. It really is time. And it was hard. You know, it, it, it is a lot of time. Yeah. It, it causes other problems. You have to sacrifice things. Yep. You know. Yep. Prioritize. Okay. So you guys started in the basement and then when did you guys move over to the hop house? Well, we moved from, we moved from the basement and we went actually in the same area. So I can't remember what the little square called is. There's like a coffee shop in the bottom floor, industrial looking building, but we found a little office up in the top up yeah, okay. there. It's just a few guys. Yeah. It's really easy to find office space. Yeah. Yeah. Just there were like guys. three, three little offices, conference room. And it was, it was, you know, I don't know, just a little space. I was there every day. Yeah. Every day. And so. then how long were you guys in the Meridian, the downtown Meridian location? Long time. I don't I don't remember. I'm bad with dates. Yeah, no, I'm fair really enough. I'm really bad with dates. But did did uh, StatPads launch you guys? Launch us in the sense. It was our first real customer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was the first real customer. Like, holy shit. The, we're, first we money got, that we, we got, got something in. here. Yeah. 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 And doesn't help that it wasn't, you know, Tommy Alquest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He President, probably doesn't even remember that. You know, but, Paul Ventures. Yeah. And there were little things Alquest, because of, BBA. you know, being connected to him. You know, we did the video board down at um, Eighth and Main, Eighth and, Main yep. and just a few other little things. Out. Not not really the work that we do, but it was work that we were capable of doing. 
um, that we just kind of like use to propel. Well, I mean, he trusted you guys, and you're on the technical side, right? When someone finds someone they trust on the technical side, they tend to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we get obviously we get a lot of that, you know, side business here from, you know, can you do this? It's really not in our scope, but by the nature of the relationship that we have, we, you know, yeah, kind of AV and all that other stuff. So you guys were in the hop house. Yep. This is where we come into come into the board on a real small scale, but it, it's just interesting about how this escalated. So yeah, you guys were working with Tommy. Yep. Tommy was at Gardner Company. Yep. Right. They and after the gubernatorial race mm-hmm. primaries, I think uh, he split off, mm-hmm. and we, you know they wanted to do some other things, you know, differently, and they hold up. Uh, Ball Ventures Alquest BVA, yeah. and which has beautiful, fantastic buildings, right where you guys are at, Ten Mile, yeah. and yeah. then Eagle View Landing, where Top Golf is at. Power Engineers just went in. Uh, ICCU, I mean, beautiful campuses, right? So if you're looking to to start a company, you need office space. Definitely Ball Ventures Alquest uh, BVA in Boise might be a good place. Yeah, you can talk to um, Holt Haga over there. Yeah, a um, little bit. Which takes me back to my soccer days. Oh. Which you just found out about. Yeah, I did just find yeah. out about that. Uh, yeah, gazelles. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wore them for you today. Did you? I dressed down. I mean, no Good. offense to you, but I know, remember you said the other day when you saw me, you was like, oh. Don't make me feel so bad. <laughs> um, no, I think it's good. If, if you got to do it and it works for you, you do it. No. I used to. I used to. No, I get it. I don't need to now. No. Only on special occasions. Um, okay, so you guys uh, were working with Tommy. Tommy built that beautiful building over a 10 mile. That was mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, they were in the space that you were in. And then they had their space built out on floor two, which mm-hmm. was beautiful. And then mm-hmm. you guys hold up into four where they were at yep. and waiting for your beautiful space that you're currently in now on yeah. floor one. Yep. Okay. I get a phone call from Denise, mm-hmm. who's the executive assistant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Nathan mm-hmm. at the time. And she says, Chris, I got your contact information from Cody over at BVA. Mm-hmm and said to call you to get us some internet. Yeah. And I said, well, that's easy, right? And she says, well, we've been trying to get internet for like months, right? And working with your current, you know, IT provider. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's funny. I mean, we have, so what most people don't understand is we are a C-Lect with CenturyLink. We have direct access into all CenturyLink's facilities, right? So when I get this phone call from, uh, Denise saying, oh, that's easy. I think we had that circuit turned up like in a couple days. Yeah. Real quick. Yep. And like blew her away. Right. And I think the other thing that kind of blew her away was not, not only that, I think she enjoyed working with us. Yeah. Right. Clearly. Then she, uh, obviously we got involved with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I still remember our first meeting up on that floor. You had that yellow iPhone. I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) He's got a yellow iPhone. (laughs) Well, I got the yellow iPhone probably because it was one of the only ones left or more importantly, because everyone was going to hate it. And if someone was going to steal my phone, they didn't want a yellow iPhone. Yeah. I remembered it. Yeah. Uh, which is actually funny because I think my nine year old is using that phone. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Dumbed down. No SIM card. Right. Just as a, you know, glorified, you know, bricked, uh, iPad, or iPad, something. you know, whatever. Um, so we, our relationship began uh, with just delivering, you know, a sixty-five dollar a month, yep. you know, internet thing. Yep. Because you guys were under contract, you were growing with another IT company. Yeah. And 
I won't name the company, but no, it's really bad. It was, yeah, it, it was, was really, really bad. Really bad. Um, and it, do you want me to elaborate on that yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Um, it was, we were a small company, right? How many, how many employees at that time? I think we probably had maybe like 40, 50, maybe. Right. You know, it wasn't very In between big. both locations. So yeah. you had the SAC office. Yeah. Yep. Cause Manvir was obviously down well, there. Actually at that time, I don't think we had it yet. Mm. Oh, we did have a space. We did have a space. But we were still small, and we were really just hiring locally, like only hiring people in um, Sacramento and only hiring in Boise. A few people here and there elsewhere, but, you know, we were really focused on local. Um, but it, it, it started to make sense. I was handling all of the IT stuff just by default. It's just, I don't know, I guess I have a skill for it. Or I just like it. I don't know. I just like, hey, Jesse became like, I need help. And, <laughs> hey, Jesse. You know, and, and me just in general, you know, I like to be helpful. I like to, um, you know, just provide service. You yeah. know, that, that's just how I was raised up. Yeah. You know, I, I just like to, if I can help, I will help. Yeah. And you like the technology side and you, yeah. you had a natural, because I think that some people just get kind of intimidated by that. Yeah. Right, you and I are a little bit different. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm the technical side for me is I would say I'm not technical. Yeah, right? I'm more of a network engineer. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew that it was a need, and I figured out how to you know leverage. I mean, my accounting, my background's in accounting. You know, Boise mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Right, I yeah. sold computers, you know, in the bookstore, uh, you know, for work study, and that's kind of how I got you know on the, the technical side. Yeah, but I don't build computers. Yeah. I mean, I don't do I don't do any of this. I buy build computers, or I have really smart guys out there. We're we're building this um, wicked computer for uh, golf simulator. I saw it. Shit, I saw it. Yeah, I like it. Will is just like salivating over I'm this sure thing. He is. When I walked back there, I was like, "This is like candy yeah. store." Don't All touch kinds it. Of toys. Don't touch it. Yeah. So you true. Don't, I don't get to see hardware anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you go hang out with Will for a day. Yeah. Uh, it's like Christmas around here, right? I know. Um, and. So I, I don't I don't just don't have that that passion for technology. I mean, I get made fun of a lot because I use you know a MacBook. Mm-hmm. Well, I use a MacBook because you know I'm in that ecosystem. It's you know I a little use bit a MacBook easier. Too. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah, I am stuck. Um, so you're having a bad time with. Um, yeah, no, it's hard for me not to say the name, but I'm not going to say the oh, name. Yeah, I'd love to say because it's, it's a national company, right? I mean, they were. Yeah. They and they grew by acquisition. Yes. Yeah. So they just went around and, but I, yeah. And I mean, you know, it was when you look it up, like it service provider, they're one of the first ones that pops up in the area. Right. And so it was, it was just like, well, we need some help. You know, one person trying to do this, not scalable. Plus I was still doing client work. I was doing consulting and, yeah. you know, a bunch of other stuff. It just wasn't scalable. And I don't think, you know, our people were getting the help that they needed, um, in a timely way anyway. So Going through this onboarding process, man, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare because, you know, we're, we're a smaller company. Things are pretty simple, right? And they just wanted to overcomplicate every little thing. And they were taking too much time to get stuff done, not following through. It was just, it was a nightmare. So that's when I think you and I started having a conversation. Well, you definitely vetted me. Right. And, and to be honest with you, this is the interesting thing. And I think we can come full circle about this, right? Because I had a vision, right? So we were, we were doing uh, internet and voice for a long time. That's mm-hmm. what we were doing for uh, BVA. Yeah. And 
we I got pissed off at dealing with the other IT companies because they didn't they didn't know shit from Shinola when it came mm-hmm. to networks, right? Mm-hmm. They were really good at, you know, doing server updates and patches and um, you know, Windows, you know, seven, you All know, that whatever old it was. Stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right. We we just we just uh puts a, a new video card in a Windows seven machine yesterday. Oh wow. And it took us like two and a half hours to get done because nothing worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So um, the, the uh, I lost my train of thought. The um, uh, Talking about working with the IT companies that didn't know anything. Yeah. So we, in 17, I said, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. So I launched Mantech. I was tired of playing nice in the sandbox because when we would go in, we'd roll out internet, we'd roll out voice. Inevitably, we ran into the IT guys. Oh, yeah. Well, as you know, back in the day, voice, when you put voice onto a network, mm-hmm. it becomes really sensitive to jitter, latency, basically shitty networks. Everything. Yeah, everything. Well, I got tired of being blamed for their crappy networks, mm-hmm. right? So Crandall Swenson was actually a CPA firm for us. That was, that was kind of the first deal where I said, okay, here's the deal. I will completely, I will pay for your entire network upgrade and fix all of your problems. And if I do fix all of your problems, then you get to pay for the network, right? Well, not only did it work, and they ended up paying for the network, they fired their single, you know, one-man band, you know, IT guy and mm-hmm. moved in with us. Mm. You know, the, the thing with the one-man, you know, chuck in a truck, whatever they want to call them, is they're good. But the, the problem is that what most people don't understand is it's the response time and the downtime and the help desk. Well, it's even, even like, you know, uh, using myself as an example, I, I know a lot about a lot, but I don't specialize in any one thing. Yeah. So there's, I have no shame in asking somebody else for help. Right. Right. Just because it's a necessity, you know, you can't let your, your ego get in the way of that. And I think a lot of like IT guys, you know, that solo person, a lot of times they're like, well, I, I hold all the yeah, keys. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, Everybody's I can do it. Yeah, expecting me yeah. to know everything. Yeah, yeah I, I fell victim to that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I did that a little bit. Um, not out of ego, but because I felt it was my responsibility. But yeah. it's not the right way to do things. Yeah, it doesn't scale. And so we launched Manatech, right? And um, we started with Justin, right? We just interviewed mm-hmm. him and his five-year. And obviously, you spent a lot of time working with yeah, Justin, yeah. right? I mean, in the beginning, it was Justin, Justin yeah. and Chez. Yeah, yeah, both of them. But when when you and I were were talking, I, w- I really – we didn't have the business model set. All I had was a vision, mm-hmm. right? And you really took a chance on us in saying – Okay. I mean, you're, you're speaking the right thing. We didn't have any of that operational stuff behind. I mean, if you look at all the stuff that we're doing for you right now, we, you have helped us grow, Right. And I'll be honest with you. We're here today because of the stuff that you've entrusted us with to help us be better because we've taken what we've learned from you. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've provided that same level of service and knowledge to our other customers. Man, and I probably haven't made it easy on you either. Well, I think you've made it, you know, better. I mean, you sent a lot of questions to us, but yeah. but I think that's the whole point of the collaboration is the fact that you trusted us to say, shit, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck this looks like. Yeah. But I think it could be this, you know, what does it look like, right? Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time, you know, collaborating when you guys rolled out the big Okta thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that was... You know, that was new to us. We hadn't done that, mm-hmm. right? But it's not that we can't learn it. It's just the fact that, okay, well, 
you know, is this going to work? I think that's what the thing that I have appreciated the most is, you know, I, I don't ever come to you guys and expect you to know the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, sometimes you guys do and it's great. Um, but usually when I come to you, I need some help figuring it out. Yeah. And the guys always jump in and figure it out. You know, it may take a little time. They may need a little more info from me. But it's more, it, it feels like an, it's an extension of me or my team, you know, to be able to help solve those problems. We can't know everything all the time. We just have the answer. There's too much. Well, right? it, it is. And we'll definitely um, claim that. What's really cool, right? So if you look out there, um, so Blue Team, right, our help desk. Mm-hmm. I, I love coming out there and listening to the conversations that those guys are having, mm-hmm. right? And not only, it's more often than not, I'll see two guys hovering around trying to work on a problem for someone else, whether it's, you know, QuickBooks or a printer or a scanner. You know, we always joke around here, right? Printers are the, the demise of IT. Printers. Oh, my Atlanta. Yeah, they are. Those guys screw up a lot of things. Um, the collaboration for us is the fact that someone else has a piece of knowledge. And so our guys are just like you. They're not afraid to ask a question because at the end of the day, we're here to complete the mission, right? Our mission yeah. is to keep our customers' computers and internet running fast and secure. If it's not doing that, you've got downtime, you got downtime, you got big problems. Yeah, isn't that an interesting thing about IT? Yeah. You know, you go from, I, I don't know, a, a lot of people in a lot of roles, they like, they relish in the attention or the accolade or the recognition for what they do. In this industry, if it's quiet and there's nothing going on, guess what? That means you're doing a good job. Yeah. You know, if there's a lot of noise or there's a lot of attention, that means you got problems. Yeah. That's it's just completely backwards yep, it is. and you got to get comfortable with that too yeah and so we we have grown with you guys right um because this year we came you well, this year uh, it's 2023 we probably brought you on as customer like what 2018 i think five years six years yeah I think five it years was 2018 yeah and i and I, I i remember this i remember when we signed the docs and you said you jumped into the to the it companies and you found like four or five old tickets, mm-hmm. you know, problems. Mm-hmm. And you gave them to me. Mm-hmm. And I took them back. I gave them to Justin. Justin had all that shit fixed. And by the end of that day. Yeah, quick. You know? Real quick. And now, granted, you know, those guys will tell you, I mean, we were doing like, you know, three or four tickets a day, right? <laughs> I mean, we just didn't have it. But we had this vision to get to get this done. So we brought on, you know, like four large customers about uh, – about the same time that we brought you on, right? Mm-hmm. So from an operational standpoint, we ramped, you know, pretty quick. Um, but for for us, how has the relationship, where that started when you and I signed that document to where Zenify is today? What is it? I mean, you're an IT director. How do we help supplement all the stuff that you're trying to get done? Because most people, I mean, we probably do the most for you as far as onboarding, offboarding, mm-hmm. you know, access into Okta, you know, and all these other, yeah. you know, different things. How does that help you uh, do your job? Yeah, it's, it's, so my highest priority from my perspective where I sit at, you know, in my role is, is really making sure that our people that are working with our customers, technology is not a problem, Mm. right? Um, We have all different aptitudes of technology, people that, you know, don't know how to do ABC, XYZ, and people that know how to do it all on their own. 
Right. Right. But I want to make sure that they have the right tools and they're not ever halted by technology in any way. Does it happen? Sure, it yeah. happens. But when it does happen, we want to make sure that it's not something like that they remember. You know, it was taken care of quick. It was just a little hiccup. Maybe they didn't know how to do something. Um, and so that that's where you guys have really helped me going back to that single point of contact. At one point, when you're a single point of contact, you don't have enough time in the day. Plus, things are falling through the cracks, you know, organizing how things are prioritized, how they're gathered, how they're worked through, that sort of thing. Um, that's where, you know, I can conf- confidently say with, with our users, you know, all the time I hear great things about you guys. Mm. It, it, we've been trained intentionally, by the way, just even as end users of other tools, apps on our phones, whatever it is, to not want to call and ask for help. We're looking for a way to chat or something like that. And they, they want us to do that because it costs less, right? Yep. But but we've also been trained to do that because the service has been so shitty. I don't want to call in and get support from Samsung or even Apple, these big companies, because it's terrible. It is terrible. Call I'd it to your bank. It. Yeah, sure. Call, call the, the airline. Yeah, right. So, so, you know, with our end users, they are not afraid to call you. If they have an issue, they will call. They're not afraid to put in an email. They're, they're not afraid to interact with you because they know that whatever it is, it'll be fixed quick. If it's not fixed quick, there'll be an explanation why. They're not wondering what's going on. Right. They know exactly what's going on. They know if there's any hiccups. Um, it, it's just, it's really peace of mind. For me, right, because they're being taken care of. And, and for them, they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And you know? when they call, we pick up the phone within three rings. Yeah. And two, when they send a ticket in, we respond within 29 minutes, right? That's the mission of our help desk. Yeah. Everything rolls around that stuff. Now, here's a, here's an interesting point. I remember okay. you and I talking. <laughs> and you said, Chris, we do like, you know, four or five tickets a day or 10 mm-hmm. tickets a week, or whatever the mm-hmm. damn number was, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I mean, I didn't know shit. I had no idea what the hell we were just about ready to get into, mm-hmm. right? And I remember mm-hmm. going back to the office saying, okay, deal's done. We'll figure this out as we go. Yeah. But the interesting thing is... That ticket count for you guys increased. Yeah, it. I wouldn't say it was slow, but I wouldn't necessarily it was fast, but it was steady. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was is it wasn't the fact that you guys had more problems. No, it was simply the fact that word started to get around yeah. that we were going to actually answer the damn phone and we were going to fix the problems. Yeah. So naturally, this ticket count just because you guys, uh, you know, you guys teeter. You know, either number one or number two, still today for a total ticket count. Yeah. Right now, um, there's a lot of little things that we're doing. Uh, you know, that are you know quick fixes, but still, those quick fixes still need to be fixed. Yeah. Right. We just have the processes in place that we can you know knock that shit out of the park and like really quick. We don't let stuff sit on our desk anytime. Right. We do a full ticket review every Friday at four o'clock, mm-hmm. and. We have a threshold for any ticket that sits longer than three days, right? Has to be approved. And then I review every single ticket. Oh, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Which has been a new role for me. Not that I'm going to continue to do it, but um, 
I have a really good – it gives me a really good pulse of, of what's going on. And we'll close somewhere between, you know, 50, 60 tickets a day. Wow. Right? And just the way that we do, you know, our closing notes and whatnot. So the natural progression, right? So so in, in other sales meetings, people say, well, we don't, we don't have a lot of tickets. And I say, you don't have a lot of tickets because you there's, there's no confidence yeah. for them to – and we get tickets now where people are just like, I have no idea what the problem is. I'm not even sure it's your problem, yeah. but let's call in just like you. Let's just call in Smart Tech and let's see what it is. Now, the really cool thing, as you know, we, we take full ownership of all those tickets. Yep. We're always trying to find answers, right? And, and it, we have a direct as escalation path inside our organization, right? And there are times when you'll send a note in, it'll go, we'll get a note from a user. It'll escalate all the way up to, you know, Justin. And Justin will reach out to you and say, okay, we got some shit's not working here or, or whatever it is. Yeah. That ticket just rolled right through our operation. Yeah, it's always quick. Too. And you didn't even know that it was an issue yeah. until Justin reached out to you and said, hey, listen, you're right, which I think is really hard to replicate. I think it is too because – it takes all sides, you know, it takes your end users. It takes your, the guys that are on desk that are trying to work on it. Um, and you know, you gotta be able to get a hold of me too. You know, it, it's a lot of people, I think end users, not that they're afraid to raise issues, but you know, like sitting in my seat, a lot of times I don't know there's a problem unless you tell me. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there's obviously ways where you can detect and see problems. You get system email, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think the ones that fester the most are ones that people don't want to bring up until they get to a breaking point where they're just so frustrated that then they come out with it. And then it makes it seem way worse than it was. But with you guys and them not being able to be not being afraid to just like get it up, get it out. Those things don't fester. Right. right. They don't become bigger problems than they are because they've been sitting for so long. Do you think, th what do you think the experience would have been like had you not found Smatotech? <sighs> I might have died. I don't know. You know, it, it was, the other thing that I really like uh, the, that I think you guys are an extension of me is I'm very personable with every one of our end users. I'm never dry. I'm never, you know, mm -hmm. like I really want to help them out. And so what it would have been like, for me, I was spending so much time on every little thing to where I wasn't getting to other things. And I didn't have a way, I didn't have a good way to organize, prioritize, and deal with that work. Right? Did you guys have, did, were you guys using a ticketing system at that no. time? Internally? No. 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 It was, well, when we were on Teams. That's oh, trash, shit. But. Yeah, Slack. Don't get us started on. <laughs> but, but it just started, you know, everybody would just Slack. Right. Bing, uh, uh, bing, yeah. bing. And how do you keep track of all that? Yeah, you I can't. mean, stuff would fall through the cracks. So I think with you guys, what was really helpful is a, a ticketing system. And we still had, you know, it was kind of a challenge um, to get everybody adopting that new motion. Oh, yeah. And and, it, and part of it was me, too. Right. It was me like, OK, you know, you guys got this. You got this and nothing to do with you guys. It was just, you know, something I've been doing for so long. I expected it to be perfect, mm -hmm. and I didn't want it to not be, Yeah. right? Because I didn't want it to be an issue for the end user. Yeah, I think the thing for me, like talking to other IT directors, right? So typically IT directors, they got three or four guys, mm -hmm. right? And 
these guys are like work like dogs. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of burnout in our industry in the, yeah. in the, because they they're just being pulled in so many different directions. And in in my opinion, they're running around putting out fires all day. Yeah, and I also that burnout too. I think there's an expectation. A lot of end users treat these guys like they should know right off the top of their head. They expect mm-hmm. a quick answer. Not that they have to go research or look something up, but that's a reality. Yeah. Right? That's just what it is. And so I think, you know, a lot of people in this industry also get frustrated because they're not treated as a problem solver. They're treated as, you know, uh, a manual. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the the thing with us on the, on the personable side, that's one of the struggles – I think a lot of businesses also have with, with, you know, presidents and founders and, or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call them is, okay, so I'm out there, I'm on the front lines, I'm building this company, people trust me, Mm -hmm. right? And as you, as you start to grow and scale, you can't be the the front face of that stuff anymore. So one of the things that, that we do on our interviewing process, and I think you've seen this and experienced is the fact that. All of our guys are very personable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, our our vision statement is technology is is what we do. It's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. We're humans first, and that's what my interview process is like. It's it's like, and then I don't know if you know this, right? But we did the last round before we hired Kyle. Mm-hmm. We were doing we were looking for techs, mm-hmm. and we just got inundated with all this bullshit. Right. And people were writing this stuff down and right. They look great on paper, as you know, great yeah. on paper. They come in and they don't know. They don't know shit. Well, or they can't articulate it because they're not human. Yeah. They didn't <laughs> copy and paste out of a fucking, yeah. you know, Cisco manual. Yeah. Anyway. So, so Jane, I told James, I said, here's, this is done. You need to create a 30 minute lab and we need to bring people into the gauntlet. And if they test out of the lab, right. And now the lab, James had a lot of fun with this too. And I think Justin participated is, it's not like pass fail. It's not like they have to know everything. All we're looking for is, you know, what is their process for solving problems? It's your process. It's your mindset. It's your aptitude. It's yeah. your attitude. It's just a more. Like op- how do you tackle the problem? Yeah, because right? if, if so, all we're doing is just trying to make sure that what they're saying from a technical standpoint is up to speed. So when they mm-hmm. get through that, and we. We don't have very many people to get that. Of of fifty resumes, we probably have not even five. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, not and so Kyle flew that. Dan, um, uh, not Dan, um, uh, Aaron. I don't know if you met Aaron yet. Um, kind of flew through that. Mm-hmm. Now, once they get to me, we don't talk anything technical. It's all personal. Good. Like, who are you? What do you do? What are your goals? Right. All these questions were, they've really never like been asked those questions, especially mm-hmm. in our interview process. But it's so critical for us and me to find guys that are good on the phone. They like being good people. They're yeah. kind, compassionate, right? Think of Shez, right? Yeah. And Justin and all these guys. We're specifically looking for the person that fits our culture. And it has nothing to do with the technical ability. Now, the technical ability can be learned. The other That's stuff right. is yeah. who you are. Yeah, exactly. So just like, you know, it was right here. Technology is, is what we do. It's not who we are. And so that, that was interesting on the, on the personable side is the fact that uh, people like our methodology, like my methodology, and mm-hmm. trying to get that methodology, you know, 
pushed down to all the guys. And I'll tell you, it's, you know, we got 12 guys. Uh, they're all on the same page. And they're all on the same page because we preach it, right? Every yeah. Friday, well, we're bringing in lunch for you. Um, and by the way, we know what your standing order is. I assumed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when you good. told me it was ordered, I it was It was like, ordered. Yep, good to go. Do you now, want me to tell you a secret? What? I've had that three days in a row for lunch. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, not a bad thing. Oh. It's a great thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's funny, Jason. Yeah. Jason came in. And you have some experience with Jason, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a great, that kid's a great story. Yeah, Powerful story, yeah. Uh, he came, he comes in here and goes, okay, I just want to make sure I get Jesse's order. Right. <laughs> I, and he goes, so do you think there's an Italian or is it, what was the other Italian? The, the great Italian or something like that. Uh-huh. I said, listen, Jesse's probably playing guy. I just ordered the Italian with the cherry bomb relish yeah, or whatever it, it is on white bread. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. See? Yeah. And, uh, but I just think it's cool that those guys, those guys have a lot of respect for you Yeah. and they work hard for you. Yeah, they do. And that's that's really hard to get from an outsourced third-party team. It is, you know, it's always really interesting to me. Um, I love coming here too. Yeah, I you and know, the new. You love the new office? Yeah, I do. I do. Especially really the nice. old sardine can that we yeah. were in beforehand. But even even in that office, you know, every time I walk in, they all get up and come say hi to me. Oh yeah, which you know, I it, it's flattering. I appreciate it. It's yeah. nice. It also makes me feel a little like you, know, you guys are making too big of a deal. But it, they're great. Mm-hmm. I I I. You know, if I ever had to like change careers or do something, I'd want to be here. Oh, well, I, we appreciate that. I think that. I've told you that before. Yeah. I just, it, you know, it's a great group. Yeah, I, these I want these guys um, to love, you know, hanging out. Yeah. Right? So they do. You can tell. Yeah, they can tell. Well, you know, we got three of them living together. No kidding. Yeah, and I don't know if you know this, but we we have an in-house arbiter. Really? Who is it for them? James. Oh, okay. So if any three of them, because I yeah. told them, I told them in the inset, right? You you three can live together, but I'm not putting them with any of your bullshit. So yeah. you guys got to find someone who's going to mediate for you guys if there's ever an issue. I think and James is James is it. I think your next episode needs to be the three of them oh, shit. together, telling yeah. their stories of living together. How long have they lived together? Uh, six months, I think. Wait, who is it? Who it's, all lives together? Oh, it's uh, Justin, Shez, uh-huh. and Victor. I don't know Victor well enough. Like Justin and Chez, I can see being good together just mm-hmm. because, uh, just their personalities. Yeah. But in Victor, I don't know Victor real well. Yeah, Victor is the chef. Wait, so has there had to have been any no, arbitration no arbitration yet? yet. Mm-hmm. No, no arbitration yet. It's pretty it, good. It's it's if not when. Those guys are or chill. when not if. They're chill. I know. Right. They're they're, they're all gaming together and you know doing a bunch of you know other stuff too. So, but I also do think that that kind of provides a little bit of testament to kind of the relationships that those guys have, you know, uh, here. And, um, yeah, I mean, five years ago, it's, it's crazy to me that we hired Justin. And every time I go out, I was like, right, Justin, we got, we're going to see if we can get this, you know, Zenify deal. I, it's because so, you guys were under contract. Like, I think it's also important to understand the fact that. Yeah, we were under contract for several more years. I yeah. had to go the legal route to get out of that. Actually, yeah. did I have to go the legal route? I, I I think I made my point to mm-hmm. to their one of their VPs that like look you haven't done what you told yeah. we'll take it there if we need to and they let us out of contract yeah it was a mess well I remember us having to uh, remove some old lingering tools off of some of that shit yeah yeah uh, terrible that's that's another interesting thing so we've 
we typically have very low attrition from customers, mm-hmm. right? We do lose some customers more often than not because they get bought by another company. Yeah. We've got uh, Extendabed just got bought by um, Adrian Steele out of mm-hmm. Michigan. Like oh, no doubt. I didn't know $350 that. million dollar company. It's huge. Yeah. And um, Troy is like beside himself because he's just like, I have no idea if I'm going to get the same level of yeah. you know, service. And Troy, like you, um, always is offering up to be a reference for us. Yeah. Like, who can I talk to? Right? Yeah. And he's he's been a big champion for us. We're going to have him on the podcast because I want I want to understand how he evaluated or valued his company in that whole process. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, that's exit strategy for them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. build up a company, you know, try to get out too. So, um, so what's next for like Zenify? We, we you know, obviously, you know, I don't think we touched on this, but at one point, Zenify, we used to be doing general business, and I'll explain that a little bit. We're a partner of Salesforce. Yep. Um, Salesforce.com, they have their sales team. They have a great platform. They go out, they sell their licenses to companies. Companies say, okay, we need somebody to make it ours. So we go in and we make it theirs. It's highly customizable. We work with the customer and make sure that they're getting the best value out of their spend with Salesforce. Yep. So we're a partner of Salesforce. Um, and, and in the beginning, we did a lot of general business. How big of a partner are you guys? We're a summit partner, which is the highest level. Okay. Um, so it's legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that the next level for us is would be like the PWCs and Deloitte's. They're, they're GSI's global partners. Yep. So we're summit partner, which is the highest level. Um, that you can be without being a global partner. So but yeah, it's legit. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, long way. But um, sorry, did you have another? No, question? no, no, no. I, I was going to transition to you know we started out with that general business and we took on a lot, a lot of local customers and um, you know we just did whatever anybody that needed Salesforce. We did worked with a lot of local companies, Simplot, Truckstop.com. I think we even did some work for Crazy Coupon Lady. We spent some time with BME. You know, Nemo oh, yeah. Arms, yeah. Yeah. you know, like several local companies. And we did a lot there. And, you know, at one point, um, Salesforce released a new product, Financial Services Cloud, right? Their, their platform, man, if, if, if everybody could just realize it, it, you can use it in any industry. But they built a product that was specific to financial services, banking, blah, blah, blah. That's the stuff that, you know, for me is kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, we made a pivot and uh, started working with their sales team that was at Financial Services Cloud, and it blew up, and it was really good for us. And we started to grow to to a point now where that's our primary focus is financial services. So, so what's next for us? You know, the financial services the industry over the past year, year and a half, the economy in general. I mean, things have been rough, right? A lot of people don't want to spend. Um, and so, you know, I think we took an opportunity to kind of slow down our growth, reduce, fill holes in our tent and get ready to grow again when the time is right. So yeah. we're pushing towards that. What do you think that, when do you think that's going to happen? What's the headwinds out there in the market? I, I, I think if, I think if we are flat this year, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing if we stay flat. Cause I mean, we had years where we, we had double digit growth for multiple years. Right. right. You know, surprising to even us. Um, 
so so I think if we can stay flat this year, I don't I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. I mean, it could go the other direction. Yeah. Right. You don't know. You know, I think we've done everything internally that we need to do to make sure that we're prepared. And, you know, as long as we continue to do those things, we'll be in good shape. Got the right people in place and the right spots. Um, you know, the macro environment has an impact. Yeah. It has an impact. And it's not wonderful right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, growth is an interesting challenge, yeah. right? I mean, um, for us, we really don't focus on growth, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think growth is a byproduct. I agree. Um, we we have a simple, right? So our blue team, we call it blue team. Uh, we don't like tier one, tier two, tier three. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, just think about it. Yeah, yeah. So we got blue team, green team, red team. Mm-hmm. Um, so our blue team is our help desk. Uh, and Shez, Shez started the help desk, mm-hmm. right? Didn't have a help desk. Help yeah. desk lead, created the position, whatever. Now he's moved over to kind of in the, in the early stages of our, our red team because he's learning, you know, different stuff. And Jeremy is taking that over. Um, and we, like I said, we do a uh, blue team ticket review every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, every Friday, once mm-hmm. a week. Most of our customers don't understand. I mean, everyone is looking at these tickets like all day long, right? Yeah. I mean, we are very intentional. Why are we intentional about tickets? Well, because tickets are problems. Problems are downtime, right? So the thing for us is if we can continue to pick up the phone on three rings, respond to every ticket within 29 minutes, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to fix every problem within 29 minutes. That's impossible. Right. But we're taking ownership of that. That is what we're focusing on. And I'll guarantee to you if we continue to focus, because that sounds easy, but try to scale that. Yeah, hard. Holy shit, yeah. right? And, and that would be a whole other podcast. You know, talk, by the way, how are we doing for time, Parrish? How's the camera battery? Holy shit. I bought the right Good. camera. Good job. Um, is if we focus on that, right on one day at a time every phone call every email businesses will find us yeah yeah businesses will find us and um that growth then becomes the byproduct because then we have the operational scalability right because i think i mean what was what was the scalability like for you guys i mean if you're growing at that clip you got to hire you got you know we got yeah. on board. We got assets. I mean, you guys were part of it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it was constant. We were growing super fast, and it was really interesting. I, I'm a big fan of what you're saying about, you know, organic growth in the sense is that you just focus on your craft, and people will find you. I like that. Sometimes it maybe it takes longer. Yeah. Um, you know, or it's a little harder. You know, but but it's it's uh, it's real, right? It's not manufactured. And I'm not saying we manufactured anything. I don't think we did. Um, but you know, it's when you're a partner and you're working with, you know, another company, you, you know, you, you kind of ebb and flow with them, you mm-hmm. know, and that's kind of how it's been for us with Salesforce, you know, when they, they get really busy and their revenues high, you know, it translates to us because they're passing their customers on to us. Right. Um, but the growth was pretty crazy. Um, just what was the what was, was the some of the stumbling blocks from a scalability standpoint? Like if there's one thing that kind of stands out from from kind of the IT side uh, operations, right? Because yeah. IT is 
I mean, there's plenty everything. on all sides, but you know, from our side, I think that that onboarding thing. I think, you know, when when we were starting to hire and bring in 18 people at a time, and I was just doing all the onboarding, you know, I had to find ways to get more efficient about it. And yep. one of them was having you you guys manage a lot of the hardware. I had to, you know, figure out what tools we're going to use. Okta was a huge help in that. So it's it's yeah, finding, single sign on for yeah, all the tools. Yeah, yeah, and provisioning. Yeah. Right. You know, you use 15 systems. You don't want to go into each system and create a user in each single system. You know, one user would take you an hour and a half. Right. Right. So Okta was really instrumental in that. It was, that was well, know, I think, huge. I think our onboarding document for you is three or four pages long. It's pretty long. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Um, and you and Will, I think, worked you know, through that based on, you know, trial and error, obviously yeah. that we didn't hit that out of the park the first time and it probably grew from one page to, you know, three pages, but yeah. Um, that's okay though, man. It was like, I iterate iterative process building is I, I still do it all the time. I mean, it's like our processes aren't nailed down, right? My processes aren't nailed down and every, you know, Constantly, I find something else. I'm like, okay, we got to go back and redo this, or change this, or change that. Do you think you that makes you unique? Do you think that makes you unique that you go back and have that internal feedback loop? Uh, me personally, yeah. or just um, I don't know if that makes me. I, I think I think there's a lot of people that probably do that. I think it's a smart thing to do. You know, how often do you hear people say? Well, that's just how we do it. Yeah. Right. Or that's the way it's been done for fucking, you know, 15 years. Yeah. That's, that's what we run shit. in. No shit. That's <laughs> what we run into in the IT space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, if when, when I'm out talking to people and I say, listen, I'm in, you know, the IT management, it, their eyes just roll back into things because what are all of the negative connotations that come with that? Inflexibility. <sighs> Inflexibility. Rigidness. No. Rude. Condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Arrogant. Asshole. I mean, yeah. I mean, have you watched that show? What is that show called? It's on Netflix. It's called the IT Crew or something like that. Oh, uh, IT it? Crew. I gotta remember what it's called. The British one. Yeah. No, it's no, it's not a British. It may have started out that way, but they have a. I'll have to look it up and oh, show shit. you. It. It's just. It's. Uh, it mocks all the. Oh, okay. You know all yeah. the things that we go through and deal with on a daily basis. Well, yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of negative connotation around that because I think traditionally it people have been stuffy. Yeah. Right. I mean, our reputation is because of what we've led people down to, you know, what their experiences are. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the guys will tell you is the fact that here is, so Shez is always on Reddit. Yeah. Right. And whenever we kind of run up to a challenge, he's going on Reddit and, and kind of regurgitating, you know, back about kind of what the industry standard is or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always give pushback to say, well, listen, if that's an industry standard, is that pro customer or pro vendor? Yeah. yeah. Right. Or sorry, pro client, you know, pro company. And more often than not, it's not pro client. No, no. And, you know, I think, you know, going back to you know, your interviewing process and your guys yeah. and how, how they are, who they are as people, they're personable, et cetera. Um, you know, what's different, IT guys, they used to just know, like, the technical side, right? Yeah. And so they could explain something technically, but it came across a certain way, rigid. I, I, I still think there needs to be rigidness and, you know, certain practices and things like that. But if you don't have the ability to explain why to somebody that doesn't understand it, that's where that negative connotation comes from. Yeah. Right. You have to be able to take, you know, um, feedback from an end user or a person using your technology 
internalize it, translate it technically, take the solution technically and translate it back to somebody that doesn't fully understand the technical side. That is unique. Yeah. But I think people are getting better at it. You find more and more people like that. Well, I, you know, um, that is, uh, you know, Justin. So Justin didn't come through our traditional interviewing process. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was, I don't know how he fell in our lap, but he's been, I mean, this is, this is his team. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, but that's one thing that Justin is really good at that he's taught the team is how to articulate super technical things into non-technical things and give them the confidence in the fact that, listen, first of all, you don't need to know this. That's why you have us. Uh, it, you're not stupid. Uh, yeah. And we're going to take care of you. I, I, and that's, I, that's yeah, so, that's it. but it's so hard. I, and I would almost say, I don't know that he just had that. I think no. he's developed that. Oh, I, I he's worked at that. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's done a lot of growth here personally and professionally for sure. Yeah. You know, even sometimes like there's technology, you guys, you guys, network knowledge is great. Yeah. I don't know Jack about it. Like it's basics, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I think he's realized that I don't know Jack about it. And so over time, you know, he, he assumes that I don't and how he explains it makes sense to me. Right. Right. So I, I think that's something that he's developed that is not an easy thing to develop. Yeah. It's hard to have patience with people that don't understand what you're talking about, but are demanding, you know, to, to, to understand it, demanding answers. Well, and then, you know, technology is, is made us impatient. Absolutely. Holy shit. Fickle, I mean, oh. finicky. You know, I'll have people ask me, like, they'll say, oh, there's all these problems, and they're just very vague about all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, let's get specific about this. What is the problem? And I'm, first of all, like, I, I don't know. You have to come to some sort of acceptance that with technology, there will be issues. Right, it's tech. A human told something what to do, right? It's gonna have problems. Oh yeah, right, because it's gonna get confused and not know what to do. Yeah, and and that's kind of the one of the other things that I talk about is the fact that, listen, you you could go get Meraki um, access point in five hundred different places. Yep, you can get a, a Unify switch, a Netgear switch, you can get a damn Dell PC. You go to Costco to get a PC, right? It's when. When that shit breaks, <laughs> creates a work stoppage. It will break. And it does break. Yep. That's right. Uh, it's who are you going to call? How are they going to respond? And how is that going to impact my business? Mm -hmm. Right? And I will tell you, it's. I don't think business – we run into two types of business owners, right? Um, we either run into the proactive ones like you, mm -hmm. right, who – are working together hand in hand to help you guys grow and scale, right? And then we have the, the you know the customers that are reactive. Yeah, we're not we're not that's not a customer for us. That's hard. If you're looking for a kind of break fix, you know we'll just call you when it when we just had a, an example the other day. We had a customer reach out to us, hadn't heard from him in three four years. Oh wow! Right. We deployed a firewall back earlier, and I think like before Justin, right? So maybe five years ago. Yeah, that's a pretty to, good runtime with no issue. Yeah, well, they're you know a small outfit, and 
so they they called into us and replaced firewall, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We have no documentation, mm-hmm. right? And Justin's asking me, okay, so you know, what do we want to do? And I said, well, I mean, we need to help them out to the to the best that we can do. the The problem we have in, with that is the fact that that takes so much of our time. It takes a lot of your time, and you're expected to be fast. Yeah. And how can you? You can't. It's not realistic. It's not logical. No. Right. And then you got to roll a truck. You got to figure yeah. out the passwords, the usernames. Oh shit! I don't know. I mean, you know, all this other stuff. That's not what we do, right? Think about all the information that we have for you, mm-hmm. right? We have that information because we have a place to store it, yep. and we have that information so we can take care of your, you know, employees. Yeah, and it's take time to build it. Oh, right, it's, it's taking a lot of time. Yeah, and and so it's like we want to be the best for that person, but at the end of the day, we're probably not the best fit for them. Maybe five years ago, when you know we were you know scrapping for everything that we can do, and mm-hmm. we've kind of morphed into, you know what we are today. You know, we shine where businesses say, "Hey, listen, right? Uh, we can't have downtime. If the internet's out, we got to figure out what's what's yeah. going on with the internet. Uh, if we got a computer that needs you know fixed, lights. Uh, that's why we have you know will we." We turn around, as you know, right? Laptops and hardware repairs in 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. People are like, uh, you know, one, either bullshit or two, how are you doing that? Well, we carry inventory. We carry a shit ton of inventory. Yeah. Um, and we, we will actually turn around a computer that needs to be shipped from the Midwest from one of our customers faster than you could take it down to a repair shop. Yep. Because when you go into those computers, they got like a stack of laptops, right? They're like hundred dollar bills, hundred dollar here, hundred dollar yep, here, yep. but they're three weeks out. Yeah. Right. And I just think that that's tradition. The tradition is the fact that I've, if I have a repair, think about um, when was the last time you had the Chevy into to the dealer for a repair or an oil change. Oh, oil change. Chevys don't go in for repairs. Oh, shit. That's just for us. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you want to go down that road. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I had it I had it in... What was the lead time, though? Yeah, I'm not the guy to ask. I have a connection. Oh. It's pretty quick. But I do know what the lead time is. I mean, it's like three, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. So, so it, but everyone is okay at three or four weeks because that's that's the... It's a standard that's it's set. a standard. So for us, we I'm would look at okay that and say, it. I'm not uh, <laughs> right. I would look at that center and say, well, how do we make that in 24 hours? And and that's what we did for our hardware side. Mm-hmm. So we don't do retail. Mm-hmm. We carry a shit ton of inventory. We have all of these processes, right? We got FedEx. We got, you know, all of these things to, we just onboarded a, a customer in Alaska. Mm. We just figured out that for the $5 difference between, you know, FedEx ground and FedEx second day, FedEx has already lost two packages. Oh, wow. Well, lost and then found. Yeah, still. Right, got on the wrong delay. got on the wrong plane apparently and ended up in Southern California <laughs> instead of in Seattle going, to, you know, to Alaska. But um, there's just these, these standards mm-hmm. that we we've just become, you know, accustomed to. It's so weird too because there's other standards that are directly against that. When you order something from Amazon and it shows up that same day, 
you expected that. Or the next day, you expected that. When you buy something, you know, you expect it right away. You think Amazon's so, got better or worse in the last couple of years? In what sense? Well, pick one. <laughs> Delivery. Um, I mean, we just got the big distribution center put here in Boise. Do you think that's made it uh, faster or slower? I, from my experience, it's been faster. Hmm. I remember I was laying in bed... I don't know, one night this weekend, Saturday night or something, and my headphones went out, and I was like, well, shit, I need to get some new headphones. So I ordered some new ones. It was probably around midnight or so, and they showed up the next day. Yeah. Right? That's great. Um, what I don't like about it is it teaches me to be impatient, mm. teaches everybody to be impatient. So that's why it's kind of interesting to me. You know, you talk to the lead time with Chevy and me personally, that Amazon expectation or, you know, there's probably several other use cases you know, I want it now, right? And I think that goes back to the customer service expectation too. You know, I don't want to call. I've been dealing with this issue with Amazon. Let's let's talk about this because yep. here's where it's been shit. Yeah. It's terrible. So Amazon business, we have an Amazon business account. We buy a lot of our peripheral. Oh, hardware. this has impacted us. Yeah, it has oh, impacted yeah. right. you. Yep. Um, and uh, we set it up with our our Okta, single sign-on, et cetera, right? I have no idea what went on. Something happened where we got I got locked out of my account. Like I had an admin user, I had a regular user, I couldn't log into my account. I'm logged into the app on my phone. That's it. I have called them, I have emailed them, I've been transferred around eight billion times, I have chatted with them. All I want is the damn SSO turned off so that we can log in with our username and password. Yep. Not a single person over there understands that. And really all I need them to do is wipe out the URL so when one of our users from our domain signs into Amazon, it doesn't look for the Okta authentication. That is it. Very basic, very simple. Can't do it myself because you can't log in. Yep. And it's been almost two months. I'm fed up with it. Like I, I don't even, I don't want to deal with it. That's yeah. the bad kind of customer service. That's why, you know, I called the first couple times and it was such a shitty experience. I'm like, all right, I'll try chat. Even worse, yeah. right? But that's, they, they don't they don't want to help you. They don't want to help you. Yeah, it's, it's a phone number. I always find it, this is a telltale for a customer service for me. How long does it take me to go to your website and find the phone number I need to call to get a problem fixed? And get the phone answered. Yeah, well, I mean, find the phone number, and then that's a whole nother that's experience. That's true. I, I mean, it's a whole right. nother experience. They bury it. No, they bury it. I mean, yeah. you know, hidden here, hidden there, whatever. And I'm just like, they really don't, it, to be honest with you, don't care about you know the customer. I, I kind of think we've enabled it. Well, we've definitely bit. enabled it. We've enabled it in the sense, even going back to the same example I, I'm using versus call versus like text or chat or whatever, mm -hmm. right? I think, you know, we're a little bit older. I wouldn't say we're old. But for us, sometimes it's easier to call. Like, I would just rather pick up the phone and call. I'm a, I'm a call guy. But then, then there's other people, other, you know, maybe a little bit younger generation, what they're used to is chat, you know, so they can text it or they can chat with the chat. And it's become the easier path. Because they don't have to talk to somebody that maybe they have a language barrier with. They don't have to go through the phone tree blah, blah, blah. So we've enabled them to take that personal touch out of the customer service. Um, and even when you do get a person, most of the time it's like, go here, go here, go here. You know what really irritates me? 
when I'm working with somebody and I've spent like 10 minutes explaining the issue to them and they're like, oh, okay, we need to get you over to this department so they can help you. I'll, I'll call over there. I'll get somebody. I'll tell them what's going on and then, you know, I'll get you to them. Then you get to that person and like, hey, how can I help you? What's going on? Yeah. Like, didn't the asshole last tell you? <laughs> didn't he tell you? He said he was going to yeah. tell you. I yeah. have to repeat it again. Amazon does that, just FYI. You know who else does that? Uh, Victor just took a ticket yesterday with uh, QuickBooks. I don't know what's going on with QuickBooks, but, dude, we've the downtime for those guys. They keep doing these updates, and they keep breaking all of these webhooks. QuickBooks hooks. online? QuickBooks online. Really? Well, and QuickBooks desktop. Um, that exists, huh? No. People well, the support is terrible. I mean, <laughs> Victor was telling us yesterday that they called in. He spent 10 minutes trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And basically, the conversation was, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> and then hung up. Wow. Wow. Right, and the thing about it is, you think QuickBooks gives a shit? They no. own that market. They are no. terrible. They could be so much, so much better. But I think there's a lot of, um, you know, I don't like QuickBooks. That's the they key. got me. They got me by the nanas. Yeah, and I hate that. Yes, that's I the hate key. that. They they get people. They get the market. Like you mentioned, then they don't have to care because you don't have any other options. That's why competition is so great. Yeah, and it forces people to be good. Well, and I think that you know there's a lot of liquidity in the market right now, and a lot of people are doing what They're, you know M and A is huge. Yeah, right. And it, when you start buying up your competition, mm-hmm. the customer does not benefit. Yeah, there's too much of that going on. There is a lot of that stuff going on. Um, so yeah, customer service. Uh, I mean, we could go down a list. I mean, CenturyLink. Mm-hmm. Right, CenturyLink is. Uh, how do those monkeys screw up? <laughs> Being the single point provider for internet and, you know. Because they don't have any competition. I used to work, so I worked for CenturyLink. It was before it was Before HP? Oh, Quest? Yeah, it was when I was in college and I was working at Quest and that's what I was doing. Or on sales side? Man, it's a racket. It's a racket in there. Yeah. They want you to do good, but they don't incent you the right way. They, you know, I, I, yeah, there's no competition for them. They own it. They don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're incumbent. They're tied to the PUC, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. It's just, it's like these companies, you think companies, you know, uh, get too big. You know, is there a point in time where a company just, you yeah. know, hits a threshold where they're just like, it's all about shareholder. Now it's all about dividends and, you know. Yeah. And I don't even, I, I don't even know that I have such a problem with that because that's, I mean, a lot of, that's what a company, that's the intention. Right. You know, you don't go. But I think it's how they build the wealth. It's how they build the wealth. But I also think it's about how they built their processes from the ground up Mm. and what their focus is. Because they're, you know, you go into business to make money, right? These big companies are no different. They go into business to make money. But if their only focus is that versus taking care of their customer, Mm -hmm. then it's a problem. So, yes, I think they can get too big because the focus goes in a different place. But I think big customers or big companies can still focus on their customers, and that's their priority. Yeah, and that definitely comes top down. And I think you know we got we got we could go into leadership. Not that we're going to right, but look at how terrible leadership is. You know, around here, I was at um, I was at my son's back to school. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, so first of all, I've always said, listen, if Google was around when I was in college, it had been a whole different experience. Absolutely different right? ball game. And but now I was listening to the grading policies mm-hmm. for uh, sixth grade, and, and obviously that's that's you know where he's at. And 
at least three of the teachers, apparently there's some grading system, okay, mm. whatever. But they are allowed to turn in papers, homework, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. up to the last week of the semester. Where was that? Wh- how is that even possible? And, and the thing for me, I'm sitting there saying, okay, so what are we teaching these guys? Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, okay, is that relatable and translatable and in alignment with what we want from a workforce? No. I mean, not, what is, not what we expect. Well, how is that? Well, I'm not going to do a good job now or I'm going to put it off. And then I'm really going to procrastinate till all the way at the end of the semester and then get it done. I mean, there's, it's just, it doesn't teach so, them anything. Yeah. No, it's, um, you know who I really blame for that is parents. Yeah. I, I think there, there's been like a major parenting issue. <clears throat> Right, because they're not holding those kids to their standard. It's not the teacher's job to parent the kids, right? And so many parents do that. And I think there's so many parents that don't parent their kids, don't help their kids set standards, um, don't hold them accountable. Yeah. And then they go to school, and the teacher's like, well, how can I do that? You know, And it just creates problems. The kid's not used to that. They're not getting that from their parent. They're definitely not going to listen to their teacher when it comes to that, right? Yeah. You know, so. the, the other interesting thing that I noticed were three of his teachers were first-year teachers. First-year teachers. Yeah. And coming out of some different industries, and I've heard that we have a shortage on teachers. Mm. And I think it goes to that point too, right? I mean, it's we're sending our kids, I mean, to, to be babysat. Yeah. Right? And not allowing... And I think this comes down from, you know, from leadership, the fact that not allowing the teachers to do what they need to do to teach. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've completely hogtied our teachers. Well, I'm sure they deal with behavioral issues more than anything else. And that, again, I think that goes back to parenting, right? Yeah. You know, they're not babysitters. Yeah. I think it's interesting with our kids and maybe you have this experience too, where they're like, they can be like little shits. Like I was talking about this Mm -hmm. morning, Mm -hmm. like these, I could have just knocked their, both their heads together. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're just going to school. I mean, we've only been up for 45 minutes and, and we're at each other's throats. Yeah. How does this happen? (laughs) And, um, but when they go to school, like they're, they're good humans. Yeah. Right, so they're good humans there. I would much rather, and then they're pushing the envelope, yeah. right, figuring out where the boundaries are, you know, in you know, in the household, because it's a. I think I that, wouldn't say it's a constant battle, but I mean, but, but it, it's just you know, that's a good thing though that you know when they're not in your care that they're good humans, they're good kids, they yeah. get good grades. That means you've been. You're talking parent. about my kid, right? I mean, how many times yeah. have you said that? Are you sure in parent teacher conferences? I'm like. Uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> you got the right file folder there. You know, it, I it, I look at that and sure, you know, that day to day is hard. You know, I have four kids, so you know, there's those problems too. But you know, they're more comfortable with you with each other. You know, that they can get some of that out, and that's good. I'd rather have it get out at home than you know out in the public. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would be mortified. You know, sometimes we'll have people come over to our house and their kid will jump on our coffee table. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? My kid jumped on somebody else's coffee table. I would be embarrassed as hell. But in my house, you know, I just tell them to get their ass off of it and, you know, move on or stop doing that, whatever. They're just more comfortable. Yeah. But. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Uh, How long have we been talking about doing this? Probably been a couple years. Couple years, yeah. yeah. And uh, 
and I told you, because uh, you know, there's a lot of things I bounce off you. I appreciate yeah. that. One, yeah. uh, just the logo redesign for Adams Technology Group. Yeah, I'm glad you made the right decision. <laughs> it looks good. Dude, it was... Yeah, it was kind of intense because I didn't send that out to very many customers, but I sent it obviously out to the team, sent it out to, you know, kind of the family and whatnot. So the rebrand looks really good. But I think that's just for me uh, kind of the relationship that that we built because I trust trust your input. I love your input, right? Um, I'm always happy to share it. I appreciate that you come to me with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't expect it at all, but, you know, it's – I. I'm happy to share in that with you guys. Yeah. It's fun. Well, I just think that um, we would not be here had we not pulled the Zenify account. That's the truth, right? And and you could go you could go talk to those guys. We're going to have lunch next door. Uh, and all of them know who Zenify is. Yeah. Right? All of them know who Jesse is. And probably a lot of them have, you know, pretty good relationships with a lot of your, you know, staff. Yeah. And, um that is intentional for us. It's a good match. It's, it's a partnership. It It has to be, it's not, you know, I know I'm sure a lot of our people at our office, you know, look at, you know, it's our it vendor or whatever, but I don't look at you guys like that. It's a partnership. And I look at you guys as an extension. It took me a long time to get there though. Oh yeah. You know, not, not because of anything you guys were doing, just me letting, letting that go a little bit. Well, I mean, and we knew that, Right. And, and there was like, we gotta, we gotta get Jesse fucking let go of the thing and just let us, let's do our thing. Well, you heard us in here, right? We, we've got this thing going on with the customer right now, um, where we're like ready to go. Mm -hmm. And the, the customer is, you know, we're waiting on the customer more often than not the tickets that we have open our customers we're waiting for customers not customers waiting for us you are really good about not pushing your customers though and letting them come along oh yeah which is good well and i just you know had this conversation with um so we're onboarding this customer in alaska Mm -hmm. and uh you know onboarding is as hard as it's going to be based on the outgoing you know vendor yeah right the losing you know a carrier and i said guys this it is what it is, right? So what we need to do is we'll just schedule a team's call next week with the CEO, and we'll bring her up to speed on each of the locations, give her the information, and then let her make a decision about how she wants to handle it. Yeah. And and I think that's important in the fact of we don't make those decisions. We don't make decisions for you. No, right? but you give me options, which that's is right. awesome. That's right. Yeah. And, okay, here's option A. Here's option B. Pros, cons. And then you get to assess the risk, Mm -hmm. the cost, you know, all that other stuff. And then you tell us what to do. And then we support the shit out of that. Yep. Right. And then we give you feedback and, you know, kind of way we go too. So listen, we appreciate Zenify. Um, The story I think is, is really awesome. And the thing that I wanted to start doing the podcast, right. And I've, I've shared this with you is, is I just think that, these stories are hard to tell in marketing they are. on a website. Yeah. They Case are. study and whatnot. And so this is kind of like my audio video case study about let's just, you know, have conversations with these, you know, and you guys are one of our larger customers. We're going to have conversations with, you know, some of our smaller guys, but we treat them with the same methodology. 
Yeah, man, I think we could do like multiple episodes. Oh, we like could. Specific use cases and stuff like that, too. Well, you know, the other thing is uh, we'll have you back because I want to talk about um, Docky. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to tell anyone about what Docky is. That's okay. We but, can use it as a teaser. Yeah, but that's uh, that's fantastic. And I appreciate uh, providing some input on uh, on that thing because I think that's that's kind of a fun little a little side hustle. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So cool. You gotta have time to put into it, but okay. Well, let's go eat. I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks yep. for having me. Nope. Cool.